Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. It's the Joe Show, you're sitting on the front row, always helping you grow all the things that you know. So vote with your feet, tell the people you meet, and if you want a treat, reach for a bag of meat. Nice jingle. You're eating during mm-hmm. the jingles. Sorry, this you started before I was ready. It's really nice biscuit. The one you got me, the biscuit is lovely. I'm, I'm usually the eater, and you can now no longer frown upon me. Do you want to get involved with some of these jingles? Can you beatbox? <laughs> Might need it slightly more upbeat. Just... Yeah, I can work with that very much. Can you do the scratchy thing? Get on with the proper intro. Let's do it. We're meant to be... Oh, I've got to get better in this. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is Tom Fordyce. You right, Joe? How are you, Tom? Joe, I'm excited because today's guest is a really, really good one. Yeah, I'm excited too. Stump woman. Want to know all about what goes on in that world. But breaking news in your world, you've got guinea pigs. Well, have you ever tried to catch a guinea pig? Mm, funny enough, No. So what happened last night, the guinea pig got out or hadn't got back in. There's two guinea pigs. And Murph, my partner, was out there for an hour trying to catch this guinea pig, (laughs) which I thought was quite annoying because it left me doing everything around the house. She's then asked me to go out and it went from being annoying to being amazing because it was like this guinea pig was just flicking two fingers up at her because (laughs) every time she went round one side of the hutch, the guinea pig would go under the hutch onto the grass and then she'd go, I've got it, and she'd go on the grass and he'd just go back the other way. This scene played out for about 40 minutes, at which point she said, I'm going to go and, I'm going to go and get a towel. I said, why are you getting a towel? She said, I'm going to throw a towel at the guinea pig. <laughs> no, stop the guinea pig. But all that happened is that that same scene repeated, except she was throwing a towel at where the guinea pig had just been. And at no point did you consider going out there to help her? No, I was out there. I'd lifted up the guinea pig hutch because it kept going underneath. So I like, tilted up the guinea pig hutch. Mm. <laughs> I'm holding the, like that, holding the hutch. And this guinea pig is just making it look like an idiot. And actually that made me feel a bit better because there's something funny about watching your partner swearing at a guinea pig for an hour hour and a half. Well, this guinea pig is like, there was one bit where she was trying to sweep him out with a broom, like a sweeping motion. And all the guinea pig would do is every time the broom came around, he'd just do a little guinea pig hop over the broom. I'm concerned that uh, you're being really mean to Murph here by not, actually helping out when she needed it she, in her time of need. Yeah, that is how she viewed it, Joe, as well. She thought I was being quite mean. <laughs> Shut up! Come and help me, will you? Stop laughing at me! And you're just too busy giggling. Yeah. So it's two guinea pigs. Is it guineas? What's more than one guinea pig? Herd. Is it a herd of guinea pigs? So you've got a herd of guinea pie. There's two of them. One's called Nipper. What is the other one called? It's a bit controversial in our house because I've not engaged with the guinea pigs since they arrived. Why? Because you don't want the responsibility of helping clean them up. Exactly correct in one sentence. <laughs> Why do I want another job? Like the house isn't clean. Why do I want another area that's got poo everywhere? 
don't don't even get me started on animals in my household, mate. <laughs> you know, if it's not more dogs, it's more kids. If it's not more kids, it's more dogs. I just let's not get started. Should we get our stunt woman in, Joe? Yeah, is she coming in the conventional way or is she going to come through that window or from a zip wire or something? Let's find out. Let's do it. Tom, this stunt woman has been in Thor, Skyfall, Harry Potter and more. Whoa. Okay. Her name is Annabelle Canavan and I would like to say hello. Hello. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? I'm really, really well. Yeah, good. Thank you. What's it like to be set on fire? (laughs) It's the most surreal thing. It's relaxing. What? You're in your own zone. You're slightly meditative. And yeah, it's really not magical, but it's something about it. It's just, it's different. It's really, really different. Tom, are you listening to this? Did you think that there'd be the answer of meditative, magical and relaxing? No. Without being set on fire? No and no. <laughs> it's pretty hot, obviously. <laughs> it's pretty hot. Does it hurt? Um, you can get very, very, very warm and you can get small spots that are just burning. <gasps> so how does it work? Are you in a suit? Are you, are yeah, so a uh, like a full body burn. Yeah. Um, you will be wearing Carbonex and Nomex, which is what the racing drivers wear. So it's special underwear. This is different ways of doing it, but this is the ways that I've done it with my sort of team yeah everything's then dipped in zell gel which smells amazing it smells of tea tree but some of the guys say when they pick it up they go what do you smell i say it's tea tree they go money um because <laughs> oh. you get paid quite well you get paid more you for get being paid set more. on fire yes. wow um well you get paid more per like if it's your hand or your arm or full body no way yeah what, what's yeah. the price difference like if joe oh. sets his hand on fire now oh uh well don't do don't do that. yeah maybe not much for a hand but a full body burn would be more so you're in the zell gel so um you're then really cold the gel is like really cold too before you even go on you're freezing Often you'll wear a silicone face mask and it has one tube that goes in the mouth. So it's got no nose or ears. It's literally a tube that goes in your mouth that you would then bite on to shut it off when you're on fire so you don't get smoke in your mouth. Actually getting on the silicone face is horrible because it's tight, it's moulded to your face. So you've got to try and get it on, hold your breath. And then it's weird when you suck in, you can feel the like, (laughs) the whole mask to your face. Uh, You can't really hear anything because your ears, so it's like muffled. And then you have like little perspex for your eyes to see. Um, Silicone arms as well. Um, So I've gone and got my arms moulded. And then you have your costume on and then somebody literally glues you up. And then you're set on fire. But it's a whole process before you do that. There's so many rehearsals with everyone knows their cue because I'm on fire. There's nothing I can do. I trust the people to put me out because if I'm on fire and everyone's like, oh, well, I just, I'll just i check my phone. And you're See, like... <laughs> yeah, I can't speak to tell them, you know. So you really trust your team. I didn't have anything to do with it, but on Game of Thrones, they've got the most amount of burns on set. So I think they did 22 people on fire because I've just got friends who've worked on it. But then for each person who's on fire, you need a couple of people, one to put them out, literally with an extinguisher. Like... <sighs> And then uh, <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm loving the sound effects. And then so far. a blanket, and then the blanket <laughs> over. That would have taken thousands and thousands of pounds, but Game of Thrones have got it. Yeah, and so many weeks rehearsals, so everyone has you know to know to where to run into. So yeah, I I like being set on fire. It's good. I've once come close to being set on fire, 
I was in a, a full riot outfit that was fireproof or whatever. Yeah. And this massive garden thing. I was at the police riot training centre for a team building day that I won't go too much into apart from this part of it because it's crap. Um, <laughs> was But the fun bit was these cocktails being thrown at us. Yeah. Not, you know, the fire ones, not the drinking ones. Not a Moscow Mule or... You know. Not a Moscow <laughs> Mule or Dark and Stormy or anything like that. It was like the Molotovs cocktails. They'd lob them at our feet in front of us. And then we'd have to like run through them. Yeah. So it was as basic as they come. And that's my claim to being as close to a stuntman as possible. And the other time was when I was a child and I used to like fire. Yes. A lot. You know, you just get fixated watching. Yeah, them, I love you? fires. Yeah. In fact, I love fires now. But when I was a child, I loved it so much that I once was playing with a lighter or a set of matches in uh, my mum and dad's room for some reason. And I set fire to a couple of their pillows and panicked. <laughs> shit myself absolutely panicked and then just lobbed them out the back window of their thing out into the garden dad just be, saw these pillows just drop to the floor that oh had been set fire like Joseph what's going on up there and I was like nothing <laughs> he's like this fireball's just been dropped out the back of the house in the uh, riot scene oh look I've just taken over as the interviewers good did you really get into character because that's what stunts is it's really fun like did you all then yeah start... the whole day I kind of tried getting into character trying to pretend to be a police officer like yeah shouting we had to work as a team and I'd have to look around the corners and tell the rest of the oh, team cool. was... and I was going junction left clear and I don't think the management that had taken us down there thought I was taking it very seriously, but I was actually taking it very seriously that I got so much into character. Yeah. But they didn't see that. Oh, okay. So they thought I was pissing about. Yeah. But I wasn't. I take fire scenes very seriously, like you have to, I'm sure. Yes. I didn't want to get burnt. There's questions we can ask you, Annabelle, that I don't think we could ask of anybody else. One of them is, how many times have you died? Yeah, <gasps> good one. Oh, my goodness, Yes. All the time. What do you mean? Yes. <laughs> All the time. Literally spent, yeah, uh, well, even bizarre ones, buried alive. Oh, um, not scared. oh my, that is my worst nightmare. And drownings, all the time drownings, thrown downstairs, strangled, uh, shot, falling off back of motorbikes. What sort of number are we talking? How many times you died? Well, over 10, over 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh my God, over 20 times you've died. Yeah. What's the best way to die? <laughs> oh, uh, shooting's quite fun, but... Uh, Was it real bullets? No, they're squibs, so you have a little debt on you, special effects, and then you just debt it, so when somebody debt shoots it, you... Debt it, detonate? Debt, yes. It's stunt yeah, chat, don't worry. Debt it. Me and um, Annabelle know what we're talking and about. Then it it's all, stunt chat. It will I got, burst I got it. out, so it looks like you're shot. Mm. So lots of deaths. Uh, strangling's quite weird, because I've done a strangulation for an actress, because she just didn't like... You know, have, everyone has something they don't really like. She and didn't like being strangled. She didn't like being strangled and then thrown on the floor and weird molested up. and stuff in that weird scene. Um, <laughs> it was like this weird bedroom scene. It surprises me that she didn't <laughs> like that. So she was, he was strangling, but I was doing it with an actor compared to a stunt person. Right. And the actor was just like quite into the strangling bit. So because they're in their character, yes, actors can be, either they don't want to hit you or they're the opposite. They're re- like, they get really into <laughs> Because the stunt way, so it's okay, it's the stunt girl, you know, just go for it. And I do want me It's to... okay, it's the, it's just the stunt girl. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, because that's player. It's yeah, okay. No, give her you a can click take, around the chops because she's a stunt girl. She can take it. Harder, obviously, loads. Like, But they get quite into it. But then sometimes if people don't actually give you a hit, you've got nothing to react against. Ah. So, you know, like in a stomach, you'd wear a stomach pad and then somebody can proper like 
So you've got something to react to. So it's nice to get a bit of one. It's like happy medium. So is that quite hard if you're dealing with like male actors in a scene and they then get a little bit worried of like, oh, because you're a girl, like that stereotype. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hit you too hard. Yeah. And you're like, hang on a minute. I'm a stunt woman. I'm not a girl. I am a Hit stunt. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with your rubber stick. Hit me. Oh, you haven't been listening to your thing. You do songs halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I to, we found a fan. We found a fan to the show. Grow the show. Oh, Annabelle is growing the show. You are the interview. I've been looking to re- replace um, oh, sh- someone anyway. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Is there any other, like, um, stunt people you, slang? You jerk vest? What's a jerk vest? Because I would, I would think don't, that was something don't, don't. else. Literally um, made of things called pick points. So there's loads of little things that you can then hook a mallion on and then you'll be pulled through the air. A mallion being? Uh, the metal things. Like Ma- a hook. Yeah, I think they're mallions. Basically, a jerk vest under your costume is one of the most uncomfortable things. You have to have it so, so tight that when you're... A jerk is very violent, usually, because it's compressed air. So you're being jerked by... I've got to think of another word. By someone. <laughs> Deep breath, Joe. And then... Um, but you have to have it really tight so that there's no, like, extra. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's no extra pull and then you pull. So it's, most of the time you can't breathe or eat anything for the day because of being in your vest. They use it for... Um, Hangings as well, your vest. So you've obviously pretend died for yes. listeners that think we're actually talking to someone that can yes. resurrect themselves. <laughs> yes. um, so it's pretend deaths. Has there ever been a case where you've actually come close to the real version? I am really lucky. I've come away with hardly any injuries. You know, people do hurt themselves. It is a risky thing. Every stunt coordinator does a risk assessment. Everything's rehearsed. But accidents happen. People have been paralysed before, things have gone wrong, you know, someone's broken like both their legs at the same time, coming down from something. But I have been lucky. I think naive when I started off, I pretty much have done anything. If anyone had asked me, I'm going to run you over at 40 miles an hour, I'd gone, okay, yeah, that's great. But you don't run somebody over at 40 miles an hour. It's learning those skills. And I remember doing one stunt where I'm literally in my jerk vest (laughs) (laughs) Um, with a wire literally tied off in the back of a van and the van just drives like 30 miles an hour when the tension comes tight I just get pulled out the back of the van onto the road and a ballsy thing but you just wait for it to happen there's nothing I can do but if I had not kept my head in you know like so much stuff could happen it yeah the answer is I haven't hurt myself how do you (laughs) just the way you've spoken there like how excited you were to talk about the different stunts when you're first starting out yeah how on earth did you get to a place where you went I fancy being run over by a 40 mile hour car. All my life, I've literally can't sit still. Every night of the week, my mum or dad would drive me like trampolining, horse riding, anything. They would drive me every night of the week to do something. I've never been very good at one thing. I've always ridden all my life and trampolined. Performing arts, I thought I wanted to do. I like performing and the drama. And then I did jousting shows. In my summer holidays. Um, Sorry. That's the greatest summer job of all time. I was was listening really intently then and then you've hit me with, I did jousting shows. Yeah, at the castle. So I live near a castle and I happened to be in between not really knowing what to do. 
So I was working two mornings a week in the office at the castle and then I saw them jousting and because I ride anywhere, I was like, I really want to joust. So you've been a jouster and mm. a knightess or a dame yes, yes. or a, a fair lady. Yeah, and I learned loads of my skills there because we did on the floor, you know, we then get off the horse and I'm going to fight you. and then like Swords and stuff? Yeah, yeah. swords and um, shields. Um, I never got to win, but I, I think I was second. <laughs> they always have the bad night as well, don't they? There's four knights, you know, the goody one, the handsome one, the bad knight, and then the female knight. So they're all pretty dangerous doing stunts and stuff like that, aren't they? But is there one that you go, that's the one I most want to do? When they say, right, Annabelle, today we want you to jump off a bridge for Angelina Jolie, for mm-hmm. example. I don't know why she's jumping off a bridge. Yeah. I don't know the story of the film or whatever it is, but yeah. that's what you're being told. Is that the sort of one that you go, oh, yeah, that's my favourite? Or is that the one that you go, not a fucking chance, I don't no, like that? No, love to, yeah. It'd be nice if it was warm. <laughs> I would never say anything. Tomorrow I've got to be in the canal. I expect I'll be in there all day and I'll still be blue and shivering and they'll be like, you're right, do you want to go again? <laughs> yeah, I really want to go again. <laughs> how's, how's that warming of the river being? Yeah, did, I've got, how, warm the canal up for me, please. I've got the hot water bottle at the ready. I've got everything. You were t- Tom, you were telling me about a horse stunt in a film that I hadn't seen You'll know this one, Annabelle. Stagecoach, one of the great westerns. Yes, transfers. So, Joe, this is sort of jumping from horse to horse, which in my head is the classic cowboy film stunt. Mm. And then, Annabelle, it's the bit where you've got six horses pulling a stagecoach. He's hanging off the front horse and then he drops. So he goes under the galloping hooves of the horses, under the wheels of the stagecoach, out the back. Basically, if he gets trodden by a horse or run over by a wheel, he's pretty much broken. And who was the actor? Did he do it himself or was it a stuntman? He was a stuntman who then became a famous stunt coordinator. Um, when Stagecoach, 1940? Yeah. And then in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they do that version where Harrison Ford's on the front of the truck. Yes. Yeah, and the Nazis on the Nazi truck. and uh, He does it ra- too. He does it. And apparently the guy who did the original was the stunt coordinator. And he was like, I've got this little trick. Boys, try this. Yeah, there's some things that just, if you're going to not do it right, you're not going to survive. Your eyes just lit up Did when it? Tom was describing that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you were like, yeah, that one. <laughs> no, do I've you seen look it. At, I yeah, <laughs> do you look at other films that you haven't been in mm, and you time. go, oh, wow. What's quite funny is a film comes on and then there's loads of stuntmen in the bar. You know there's going to be a fight. Seriously. Oh, so you reckon, you're you're you literally, I'm like, oh, God. there's, there's uh, Dave. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like there's Dell. It's just amazing. He's even got parts on Titanic and stuff, he's like a massive guy, big character. So you'll know that there's fights going to happen. It's brilliant. So it's like, oh, yeah. And all the stunt guys are just like having a massive brawl. My friends always say they recognise my legs because i got chunky thighs compared to like the actresses. Uh, compliment or do you go, <laughs> oh, You'd thanks. have to pause it, obviously, to see um, that. What are the top stunts? What are considered the top stunts ever done? Um, I think you have to go back in the day. So, like, the people, the pioneers. Your Buster Keatons, yes, Harold that, Lloyd. that one that's where he's standing and he literally is hoping he's standing in the right place. And the Pro- front of the house collapses. Yeah. Love that one. Yeah. What so, about um, Harrison you, Ford? Well, his stunt double is a real famous stunt family. So, he his stunt double's uh, Vic Armstrong and then he's married to a stunt lady and her family was stunts and they've got four children and two of the daughters are stunts. So, they're really stunt orientated family in there and he's now a coordinator and then a second unit director so you on a film you have first unit and then you have second unit second units where all the action happens imagine joe breakfast at the stunt family's house 
Can I have some toast, please? Toaster blows up. Whoa, yeah. A flame coming out of the oven. Yeah, they don't actually have any, like, proper cutlery or glasses or plateware or anything. They're all the glass. Smashables. Not the, the glass. The, the bre- what, they call what, it breakaway. What are they made of? Uh, like sugar. sugar glass. Yeah, they've got yeah. no real cutlery or pots and pans and they're just lobbing them at each other to practice. <laughs> over the head. I want my family to be like that. <laughs> Do you I, want a fruit juice joke? Shove that. Yeah. You get a bottle of red. And then you have like pretend fights. So somebody comes around, you've got like the pretend frying pan. Because everything on set hopefully can be soft. So if you're having fights with a chair, you know, it's a soft set sometimes, not Mm. always. But yeah, you can come around, someone comes around and I have an argument with Lee or something. And I'm like, oh my God. I get a frying pan out thing and I smack him around the face. But yeah, that was was good. It was really good. (laughs) He's been practicing. For a moment there, it felt like. Uh, I was in the same room as that guy from Police Academy who makes the noises the, man. The noises man. Would you not love one of those saucepans? Like I really fancy putting. Can you get these commercially? Can I put on my Christmas list? No. But we've now got contact. Got contact. I've got a stunt lemon and some stunt food from a set. Which we had a stunt a, lemon. Stunt lemon. Well, yeah, sorry, I was expecting something a little bit exciting. more. Exciting. Yeah. A stunt lemon. No, just food because we had a massive food fight and so like actually big loaf of bread would hurt you if it was lobbed to the back of your head. So it's like a pretend love. So I got like a chorizo lemon all these sort of things I just need to call you out on that one point I don't agree that a loaf of bread would hurt if you lobbed it at the back of my head a fresh okay. one a stale one maybe but a nice fresh sliced loaf be is quite it relaxing. sliced oh no it's like one of those massive sort of unsliced artisan, artisan, okay. artisan okay. Yeah. we could try have you got any on you no but it looks quite artisan London's like that isn't it that bit out there <laughs> <laughs> who have you stunted for Annabelle um, so doubled Helena Bonacarta. Really? What film? Uh, Suffragette and Great Expectations, where I did a full body burn in that because she wears a wedding dress all the time and then it sets on fire. Um, who else have I done before? Anna Frail on Marcella and Chloe Moritz, Maisie Williams, uh, Sheridan Smith. She's lovely. They're all lovely, actually. What were you doing for them? So Maisie, she was on Doctor Who and that's when I was riding. And also, randomly, I had to climb a tree... How big was this tree? Oh, I like a medium tree size. <laughs> if, you know, like you have small, medium and large. Is that because she didn't want to do it? No, it was in cold water and it was also quite shallow. Oh, so right. you couldn't just like leap. Uh, you had to sort of leap and then get flat. And then when I went in, I had to stay under the water for a bit and then come up. No, she's quite, uh, she's game. She's really nice and she's up for things. But um, it was a night shoot as well in November, cold water. Nightmare. Are there any actresses out there that you've stunted for or heard of anyone that's stunted for them that you go, why can't they do that themselves? What, they don't want a loaf of bread thrown at them? Yeah. <laughs> something because yeah. other basic ones that you kind of go, you really want me to double yeah. as basic as that? Is, does that happen? Yeah. There's some actresses that want to do stuff, which is great because it's always better filming on the real thing. People are like, oh. I wanted to do that. I've just come in to work and now you're showing me up a little bit. <laughs> so you're a little bit like, hang uh, on, that's my job. Yeah, I've come in and now you're doing things. And other times, yeah, they don't want to do anything. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to do running down the street and, you know, tripping over because they've got enough other things to do. I sometimes go in and it's not even a stunt, but I will rehearse it all day. But I can say, you know what? She can do this. It's soft. It's fine. You know, I can give advice. I rehearse wires. You know, they've got the wires so I can rehearse and land and then they might put an actress on a wire. Actresses can go on wires. It's like Tom Cruise. He does all his stunts, but they've done weeks and weeks of rehearsals with stunt people to get it completely right and the stuntman, and they've set the camera up. Everything's set up so that he can do it. 
I mean, he's got the balls to do it, but still you need the stunt performers to do it. I mean, tomorrow, I don't exactly know what I'm doing, where I'm going or anything, but it's in cold water. She's not going to want to necessarily go in the cold water for long periods of time. So I'm there to set up. And on a wide shot, you don't need the actress. If you start watching films, maybe when you get back and you'll see suddenly there's a wide shot. She's run across a field or he or somebody, and then they trip and they've fallen down a bank. You know, something small like that, but it's suddenly gone to a wide. It's a stunt person. You'll sort of spot it. What do you think you'd be like, Joe? If you were a film star, are you doing your own stunts? Or are, you, are you staying in your trailer and you wouldn't even run down the street? Or are you on, this, on the spectrum? I guess I'd consider the stunt, uh, anything involving water, I'd probably struggle. I can't swim very well. Got bad memories of that, actually. I took my son to his swimming lesson and the first time I did it with him, he was, I'd say, three, maybe. And usually I'd go and watch every time I could. But this time, Daisy, my wife, was like, Oh, go on. Do you want to do it today? I was like, yeah, sure. And Sod's Law, it was the only, it was the first time that they were going to go to the deep end and it drops off to like 2.2 metres. And I'm like, oh no. Start panicking on this pack. I'm holding them with all these other mums in the pool and the instructor, they take away the, the float fence, give us all a float, start going down. I can't swim very well and this float isn't strong enough to keep me up. <laughs> so then halfway through, I start drowning. <laughs> And the instructor comes over like, oh, my God, you're pulling the three-year-old down. <laughs> Jasper down. She comes and rescues him. She then takes him to the end as his pretend parent, and I have to go back to the shallow end and stand there whilst all the other mums are stood at the deep end, swimming with it. Anyway, long story short, um, can't swim very well. That scarred me. I'm definitely doing stunts that involve fire because I'd like to get all dressed up in that tea tree stuff. Is it full-time? It is my full-time job now. I'm not uh, full-time on anything at the moment. Some people, they get on a film and they might be on it for six months as a core team. I do lots of jobbing around. So this week, I've been to the Isle of Wight. I'm up here in London. Last week, I went to Wales. So it is my full-time job, but also I'm a mother of two. So after a couple of days, the mum guilt starts coming in and I want to see them and be with them. But also, it's so nice to go to work. Just do some light burning. Yeah, just go and get (laughs) smashed around for a few days and then come back. Yes. Joe, we're coming up to the adverts. Could you do some sort of spectacular link into the adverts, followed by a plug for what's coming next, please? Next up, Annabelle talks about James Bond. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namon Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. 
they they were the adverts from the lovely sponsors that we have sponsoring this show. But da, 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 da. Joe, can you do um, some James Bond music for me? Let's ask the next question. Dun, 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 dun. What's that? I don't. Dun. It's not James Bond. No. What's that then? That's the Formula One music. Down. What about down, 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 that one? This is Skyfall. Annabelle, tell us about James Bond. Keep going, Jay. James himself. <laughs> he's, he's great. Um, so, oh, you're probably wanting some amazing story that I did some great stunts on it, but no, <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, that was the bit where he oh, comes when in it a falls circle. In, yeah. And I know that. Minute, sorry. Yeah. So no, just a couple of days on that, but I still get a credit for doing it. Great fun. Great couple of days in Charing Cross Underground, but there must be this extra underground that's not used by anyone else. And there's some filming you can do there. It was like... Doesn't he go down a set... He goes down an esca- escalator. Yes, that's it. <laughs> he goes down an escalator. Yes. And there's no bumps. Yeah, so we're all there. Yeah. There's extras and, the, and there's stunts. Um, so his stunt double... And then the policeman goes down after him, doesn't he? So the stunt double goes down that, literally on his bum, and then lands at the bottom, turns around, checks, and then runs away. And then the policeman comes down, turns around, checks, runs away. Then they get Daniel to do it. Yeah. But he's on a wired little seat with wheels. So he's always in control and they can do, you know, slow-mo. So he's like, ah, looking at his face and getting close up. (laughs) So he's always safe because he is on the little tray that's connected, but... That small scene, I was there for like two or three days. I'm just at the bottom, moving out of the way. So you can't have extras at the bottom in case they don't move out of the way in time. This is what stunt people do. So sometimes you think, oh, well, I can do that. But the extras might just get a face of boot because they haven't moved out of the way or they move out of the way too quickly. So with the stunt people, you're really good at reactions. Like our reactions are good. We can preempt maybe something that's going to be dangerous and so as soon as he comes down, I need to move out of the way, but move out quick enough. If I don't move out of the way, I'm getting some full force of somebody come down. Um, but that took, yeah, days of, what, 30, oh, I don't know how many seconds. And then they have to do all the running. But yeah, there's a secret sort of space down on the underground that nobody uses. Oh. Yeah. You, just to clarify, you're not a spy, are you? No. And have you got not, one of those on? We had Long one. Long story, Annabelle. Long story. We had one. Oh. She was brilliant. Oh. Told us a lot. She's been pulled by the Secret Service. That's why I'm asking if you're a spy. Oh, no, I'm not a spy. If you are, that part of the that pod sounds amazing, will probably though, being get a spy, pulled. Doesn't it? But there is, just to clarify, we think there might be a secret area down in Charing Cross Station yeah. to do some filming. Yeah, definitely. You just mentioned there about the extras. You don't even trust the extras to be able to get out no. of the way. Oh. I don't know if you've... Have you seen extras? Ricky yes, Gervais? brilliant. I love it. It's yes. one of my favourite things. So, so good. He's great, Ricky so basically confirmed yes. that extras are probably the lowest on the uh, set of a film on a programme. Unfortunately, there's also a hierarchy. Yeah, they are sort of the last to get fed. I know this sounds really mean. Like, honestly, they're not they're not allowed crafts. They're not allowed coffee like we are. Not allowed coffee. It's, so they're, they're literally instant. lower. You can't even trust uh, them to instant. move out the way properly. Yeah. If you gave them a coffee, their yeah. reactions would probably be slightly better. Yes. Yeah. I did 60 days as an extra before I got on the stunt register because you have to, to be on set and understand what it's like being on set yeah they are I, I was on one thing that was just proper period drama Bristol way this guy was just like oh last week I was with so you know they are proper name droppers they are <laughs> such na- yeah not all of them because obviously you need everyone needs extras for 
Oh, they're actually not called that extras anymore. They're called supporting artists. They have a new name, supporting artists. They're extras. Eric, we know what they are. I'm not mocking them. Maybe we should get an extra on. Yeah, because they'd probably have loads should of great get stories. Let's get a supporting artist on, yeah? Or an extra. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever experienced, like, the top actors? You've seen them not talking to the extras. You're like... Yeah, there's some hard people out there, for sure. They just don't want to n- mingle, just want to come out. I only did... It was probably, like... Die Hard 20. Uh, it was filmed in Budapest and they came back and we, we did two days. And um, one day we all went in, all got into costume and the actor didn't even come in that day. We all went home, which is great. I got paid for the day. Everyone got paid. Come back another day. And literally we're all there doing this scene where, you know, getting shot, falling over, cars everywhere, a tank on its side. They come out, literally do their one thing and it's just like back to the trailer. So people like that, and then there's other people who just, they come on set and they ask, like Helen Mirren, it's amazing, she'll come on set and say morning to everyone, because I did the Nutcracker, we are all on set waiting for her to come in, and she's just like, hello everyone, morning, morning, really nice. And the same with iconic actors like Judy Dench, is amazing too, she's so lovely. She was in Artemis Fowl, which is a year or two ago, I was in the same scene and we were just all circled around her, and also really nice too. Great example, Daniel Radcliffe is just such a nice guy, but he's been brought up for 10 years on a film set and he still managed to stay grounded and nice and talk to everyone. And there's so many different people on set. That's what makes it interesting. Everything I hear, Joe, from Annabelle about being a stunt woman makes me think it would be amazing to have those skills on a night out. Maybe there's a stunt scouts out there Yeah, in the nightclubs and that's how I got picked up. Yeah. How do you get picked up to be a stunt woman? Well, you... Do your training to get on the stunt register, but some people, I guess, might get picked from their great fool down the stairs on a night out. You know, stair fall on a night out. Yeah, like they, a video that's gone viral. Yeah, like he yeah. Falls, framed. He yeah. falls really well, actually. We need to call <laughs> but him But he up. needs 10 pints, but he'll fall great down the stairs. <laughs> but it's doable. And it's probably cheaper because yeah. paying someone 10 pints to do the stunt... Yes. <laughs> It's cheaper than a full day's work of, you know, here's five grand to do And they have a great time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you train to get on the stunt register. So there's bread and butter stuff that every stunt performer should do, you know, fall downstairs, fall out of windows. You've got good spatial awareness. You can fight. I'm not a martial artist. I did taekwondo to get on the stunt register. I can do a fight, but I'm more of a bar brawl, you know, getting chucked on the floor, punches, kicks. But I'm not going to get my leg up to my head and be like, like with my foot kicking someone, you know. Bruce Lee style. Yes. But there's other girls who would, that's their forte. How old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? Four and a half, (laughs) one and a half. So I'm guessing the one and a half hasn't got a clue and the four and a half some sort of idea of what you do? Oh, yeah, this morning before school, he was dressed as Spider-Man, so he'd gone upstairs dressed as Spider-Man. I was coming down and, like, doing... Because he started Taekwondo, started punching, kicking, and then doing these weird sort of rolls on the floor. They were really good. <laughs> and then getting up again. I was like, oh, I really need to get ready for school. I've got to pack today. I've got to pack my wetsuits. Can't just get changed. <laughs> but he does. We've got everything in the garden, like, massive trampoline. Oh, we've got a little pony, so hopefully... <laughs> Yeah, this pony's 31. He's 31 years old. It takes longer to Sorry, take the pony to school than it does to oh. walk because he's so slow. You've got a 31-year-old pony? Yeah, sooty. He's 31 years old? Yeah. He's been alive for 31 years? Yeah. My mind is... Is it? Tom, did you know that ponies I've got, live that long? No, I've got no idea what the average <laughs> life expectancy of a pony is. Is that a long time? We need to get a pony person we'll a, on. We'll get a pony in. 31-year-old pony. According to the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, mm. the average lifespan of a domestic horse is 25 to 33 years, 
many horses go well beyond this average, ponies tend to live longer with many ponies still serving as schoolmasters well into their 30s. What do you mean schoolmasters? Oh, they're, they're just ridden all the time. They've done it all. Being every, they're at a riding school. Schoolmaster. Oh, they're teaching in a... A horsey term. Okay. I got uh, a bit horsey then, didn't you I? Did I? Horsey. <laughs> a little bit horsey. Horsey. A few ponies and horses may even reach the age of 40 or over. Oh, Sooty might so good go news for another Sooty. 10 years. I'll send you a photo. Okay. He's so cute. There is something, it's quite, something quite serious I wanted to ask you about, Annabelle. I've, we've done our research, a, a smidgen of research. I've read about this thing called wigging. Pardon? Yeah. So it's basically stunt men taking the jobs that stunt women would have by passing themselves off in the film, whatever it is, as a woman by sticking on a wig. Because they can't get hold of a stunt woman I or don't because know. they don't think a woman could do the job? That, the latter, I think. Is that true? Yeah, although I've been wigging, stunt doubled a boy. Oh, oh so you've done the reverse. So you, so, you can get uh, a reverse wigging. Yeah, so oh. you can do it. Always, you have to pick the person who can do the job, without a doubt. That yeah. has got to be it, for safety. I wouldn't do a car job because I'm the best-looking person for the double. They need to find the person who's the best driver, and then the criteria is the same height and everything like that. So if it's a job that they have not got a woman who can do it, then that's when they would have done it. It shouldn't happen. We've got plenty of women on the stunt register from four foot 11 to six foot who can do just as much. We are lucky in this industry that we are treated the same, men and women. Nobody's going to go, all right, both of you me and so-and-so are going to run off there, but don't worry, Annabelle, you know, because you're a girl, we'll put a mat down for you and uh, he can fall on the floor. Often women get it harder because we have to wear stupid outfits that don't get pads underneath. Oh, like the costume lady thinks it's great you're going to fall down the stairs, but actually you're in like skinny jeans so you can't hardly get any pads on. Good point. And things like that. <laughs> so the wigging thing is only if the stunt coordinator feels that he can't get a woman to do that and the same with boys I've doubled boys before because of my height there's some short stunt guys for sure on the register but they're usually a bit more bulky boys aren't so bulky but that was years ago now there's so many more people on the register than 10 years ago that they've got more variety to pick from so yeah I don't know whether so it's not quite as bad as we first thought looking into it is I was it? unaware of the reverse wig yeah we thought it was more like oh that's not fair women should be yeah. doing the Woman's no. job, it shouldn't be a man doing the vice versa, but it's actually I think it's just because the best person for the job yes. and then you and that should always happen because accidents have happened on set because they've had to get somebody in because costume makeup and said it's got to be that person and then accidents have happened because they're not qualified enough but they look better for the parts. So it should always be so my stats are in the stunt book with I'm five foot three, all my measurements and then the stunt coordinator will look at the actress or sometimes they try and get it better so you know I've got darker features but then as soon as you put a wig on the costume and I'm facing that way it could be anyone so it, it's a lot to do with that it depends on how close they're shooting on you whether you know you're just a body that's gone through frame falling through frame it could pretty much be you nearly so in my line of work rugby I tend to or have struggled with uh, mortgages because they're kind of like it's quite a limited career. Do you struggle as well to get a mortgage? Because that sort of chat. I think you, I might have you said do something. I was a dance teacher. I say that for everything. It's just easier. Like you know, when you get your car insurance, there's never. A, a, I just put dance teachers on. <laughs> Don't want to incriminate um, you on this. So I think that's probably what I would have done for my mortgage because I have taught dance. <laughs> there's ways around it. I understand. Yeah. That's so maybe you that. put that down next time. Balance dance teacher. teacher. <laughs> what about uh, CGI? We spoke about this before, didn't we? Because yeah, we just thought it might be a massive stitch up because cgi is technology is affecting a lot of jobs 
And I guess your job as a stunt woman is CGI the worst possible thing. Yeah, I think to start with, people were probably like worried because that's what people said like 10 years ago when I got on. Oh, CGI is going to take over, you know, won't need stunt people. But actually, it's still not the real thing. The real body falling through the air. I think it has its place. People can spot it. It's getting amazing, like technology moving so fast. Everything is getting better. But I think you just can't beat the real thing. And yes, it can help so with the green screens. So you can do the falls in front of the green screen and then they'll put it that you've fallen, you know, Everest or somewhere. But I think also people like the idea that it's real. It makes it so much more important. And people who are diehard fans of the movies of, I'm saying Game of Thrones because it just seems to be that's the one. Mm. So they would do the footage of how many weeks it's taken, how many stunt performances it's taken, how much rehearsal. And people are so skilled in their job. I think people are getting better and better. You only have to watch any sport. It's just things, how, how can they do any more? How can they get better? People are getting better and better. And I think with the wires and all the technology that we've got and the cars, the ramps, the turnovers, I think we're safe. I think we're all right. So... Growing up, I looked up to big rugby players, Joan yeah. Lomu, Jason oh, yeah. Leonard, all like big thingies, and then there's the heroes like Johnny Wilkinson. Oh, my God, Wow, yes. She likes Johnny Wilkinson. That, oh. That's, that's, that's oh, the I Johnny his, Wilkinson oh, reaction. Oh, my God, I had Wilkinson. his calendar. Excellent. Like, oh, did you? Into, Wonderful. In like 2000 or something, yeah. Because I had to... He's a very good-looking man, I, I researched he? you as well, because I was like, okay, because I've seen you loads. I've been to the pub every time rugby's on. Any excuse to go to the pub? What pub have I seen you at? No, I've seen you at the pub on the screen. Oh, sorry. I was like, have you been down the bells? <laughs> do, do, do you remember when that woman walks in on fire and then smashed her over there with a bottle? Because I always talk through the rugby. I get really, they tell me off when I'm talking because I, I arrive late and then they're all there and I have to walk through everyone. This is at the local, like proper old man village pub. So um, I digress. Were we talking about Johnny? No, oh, so they're like the big names that everyone looks yes. up to and thing, and you go, oh, right, they're the kings of rugby and all that lot. And the yeah. likes of Owen Farrell, Maratoji, those guys these days. Do you have the equivalents in the stunt world? Definitely. Like named people, you go, right, Joe Bloggs, he is the king Mm -hmm. of stunts that you look up to and you go, oh, he's brilliant at that. Definitely. And I remember watching Zoe Bell because she's in Death Proof on the front of the car. And she works all the time with Quentin Tarantino and like he's given her roles and stuff. Like you say, when you get on, you're looking at the people who've done it and you want to learn from them. You want to be as good as them. So Zoe Bell's the top female stunt woman, would you say? Yeah, she's, she's definitely up there with one of them. Definitely. Like, she's done amazing fights on Kill Bill and things. And then there's another girl, Honey Mo- Moneymaker. Her what, name's what, Honey what, Moneymaker. What, 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 no, Heidi Moneymaker. Oh. Honey Moneymaker. No, I think it's Heidi. I want it to be oh, Honey Moneymaker. Oh, no, I'm going to get this wrong. It's really embarrassing. Hopefully. Can we leave it as Honey Moneymaker? You've only got three people listen, yeah? Yeah. Who's the top male stuntman? Well, Bobby Holland... He stunt doubles all the time for Chris Hemsworth. So he is in his contract. So some people are just lucky. They meet somebody on set. They get on really well. And he's literally in his contract that he only works for him now all the time. And he does everything. That's quite handy, isn't it? Really handy. They're like great mates. They like hang out in Australia and they do all sorts. But yeah, so he's like a really top performer. What if... If Chris moves away from action films and gets into period dramas, then you're screwed, aren't you? <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> totally. Surely there's some stunts on period dramas. Yeah, there's usually some carriage work and being like... Not quite as big. No. Annabelle, I'd like to ask you one final question, and it's a big one. Right. The biggest and best stunt of all time in the history of stunts, what is it? According to you or according to the stunt register that goes, that is the dog's nuts 
of stunts. There's an amazing one and an amazing photo of the guy who jumps off in Goldeneye. The damn wall thing. Yeah, totally real. Totally real. Yeah, and I just remember watching Pierce Brosnan and those movies and then getting on the stunt register and opening the book and flicking through because you have a photo, so you have your headshot, your body shot and your action shots and there's him swan diving and that's amazing. Another really amazing one is when they all jump parachute out the plane. I can't think what film it is. Not Point Break. No, it's more oh, recent. It's quite recent. What a film. I know. What a film. Yeah. Johnny Utah, baby. I'm just saying Utah, good job. <laughs> At the beginning when it's all raining. So good. Yeah, really Have you good. seen the modern one? No, I haven't. I'm not going to. I don't I think. I okay. The original's the best. but I'm... Yeah, they always are, aren't they? The ending. Oh, uh, what a wonderful. What does he say? He goes, one more wave. Oh, oh and he just lets him go. He definitely dies, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's unconfirmed, but he definitely dies. I take it he dies there. I do, because that's his last... He might as well just die out there than go in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going with the Piers Brosnan yep, and then, golden eye. Oh, yeah, because I can't think of this one where they all literally parachute. There's five of them parachute out of a plane. It's like the Bournes or... Jason Bourne. Oh, I'd have to find it. Okay. I'll do it later. Have you seen Penguins of Madagascar? It's a spin-off from Madagascar. I'm interested to see where you're going with this one. Yeah, well, they jump out of a plane and land on another plane, but that's, I suppose that's easy. They've copied this other film. Do you know, it might be an homage. How did they get the penguins to do that then? There's a a film I watched recently called Atomic Blonde. Have you seen it? Uh, What's it about? Spy, Lady Spy. Yeah, she's got blonde hair. Yeah, and she's also a lover, like does lots of loving in it. <laughs> anyway, there's an amazing fight scene. She's a lover. And I just think you can see there's no cuts. So obviously the less cuts, you know that it's just gone on and on. And that is I just remember seeing that and thinking that's great. I love it. I've felt adrenaline come and go in my veins today talking about this. I'm going home now because I want to try out and test out whether an unsliced loaf of bread from the bakers. <laughs> being thrown at the back of my head as hard as they can I'm going to get my wife to do it <laughs> it's going to hurt can I check the loaf I need to check the loaf okay we send will, me a photo we will exchange numbers I'll clear up what loaf it is whether it's a tiger loaf or oh definitely sour, not a tiger loaf a sourdough or soda like bread soda bread dense yeah, isn't that's it that's it unleavened unleavened yeah Ooh. what's that there's no yeast in soda bread. That's very hard. Yeah, we need a soda so it's, bread. It's dense. It has the. It, interesting to use soda water to make soda bread. Use a bit of bicarbonate of soda, I believe. Oh, that's uh, the soda bit. Hence the name. Engage brain before speaking. Soda water is good for getting red wine off carpets. And apparently, San Pellegrino is really good for cellulite. 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 Well, you rub it into your legs. You drink it. Oh, I thought that you rubbed it. I was like, the fizziness gets rid of cellulite. Maybe I'm doing it wrong because I've still got really loads of cellulite, actually. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Um, Tom, have you got anything else you'd like to ask Annabelle? I would just like to say a massive thank you to Annabelle because I was excited about this episode, Mm, Joe. mm. I want to go and tell people about this show. Luckily, it's a podcast, so I don't have to Mm. because it will actually come out. Mm. But it's been amazing, Annabelle. Thank you very much. Annabelle, thank you so much for coming up. Thank you. It's been brilliant. I'm going to look at films a little bit more analytically now. Yeah. Is he doing it? Is she doing it? Oh, so I'm going to love it little bit more and i'll let you know how i get on with that loaf of bread as well yeah okay when you're knocked out on the floor look how happy she is at the prospect of that be you being proved you'll right be, you'll be right you're used to rugby balls to the head aren't you all the time so yeah because i'm not very good at catching them they go straight through my hands i'm just like that's why my nose is bent so much anyway thank you annabelle all thank the best you. thank you thank you 
Joe, is it all right with you if we go into the street outside the studio and have a massive pretend fight where I pretend to punch you, whoosh, and then you pretend to break a chair over my head? Yeah, like in the old Batman and Robin films where all this stuff comes out, like pow, ka-chow. If you've enjoyed this pod as much as Joe and I have, tell your mates, tell all your mates, maybe go on that WhatsApp group that's got all your mates on and tell them about it. Yeah, but I need them to screenshot that because I don't trust anyone. And then maybe they could send it to the Joe Marler Show on Instagram and Twitter. Come on, this is the plug time. Have you got another show to plug? Very moody one for you this week, Joe. It's called Murder in House 2. It's a 10-part series. If you love true crime podcasts, you will love this. It's taken 15 years to make this podcast. It's about a group of Marines who went into a village in the Iraq War and killed 24 innocent civilians. It also includes some top-secret recordings. Check it out. All you've got to do is search for Murder in House 2. Yeah, I like that one. The guy who narrates it and that, he plugged ours on episode five, didn't he? He did, yeah, which was a nice touch. So that was a lovely touch, actually. When I mean I like his pod, I mean it's really interesting. I obviously don't like the... What happened? The subject, definitely not. Please don't confuse that. Who do we have on next week, Joe? Next week, I believe it's a tattooist or a tattoo artist or tattoo... Not tattoo the band... Remember those two girls? Two Russians, yeah. Two Russians. No, not them. So a tattooist or a tattoo artist, but we find out what I'm meant to call her. Someone who does tattoos. Do you think we can get uh, next week's guest potentially tattoo Steve, the producer? There is no greater gift that we could give him. Let's see if we can ha- make that happen. I'm in charge of the edit, so that's never making it. <laughs> Fucking put it in there, will you? Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.